Amen. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. All right, so we're going to start off tonight uh, always with our recap. Thank you, ushers. Uh, we've been talking about understanding the signs of the times. Amen. That's what we've been talking about. Amen. We've been talking about understanding the signs of the times. Amen. And throughout this study, uh, you all were given a handout, and we we looked in this handout. Uh, well, let me ask this question. Let me ask a question tonight. Amen. How many of you have learned anything since you've been in this series? How many of you have learned something? Okay. So if I were to ask you, what's the most, give me a mic right quick, so that way everybody online can hear you. Amen. So if you, well, I know we just passed the mic around. Just turn it on and turn it off for me when you when you get ready to pass it around, if you want to pass it around. But um, what have you learned? I learned one thing is that um, we are, when we get raptured, Christ is not coming to earth right then, but he's going to seize us up instead. And then two things to look for before Christ comes to earth. Mm-hmm. We talked about last week, which is the gospel being preached to all the nations. Yes. And uh, the abomination of desolation. Abomination of desolation, right. Yeah. What is the abomination of desolation? The Antichrist. Yes. Take it over. And he will go in. He, he, yes. The very temple that he rebuilt. Well, that he's. He will desecrate. He, right. He'll desecrate the, the temple, right? And that temple desecration is because. Um, Amen. He wants to put God to shame. Amen. All right. Y'all are getting this thing. Look like I taught something. All right. Just a little something, something, something. A little something, 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 something. We also talked about um, why we were studying the end, of, end times, why we were studying Revelation, not so that we can be afraid, so that we can be ready, so that we, can, we, can, we uh, have hope that Jesus Christ is coming back. We also talked about the end times, which is Jesus' return, and you explained about the end of days and the day of the Lord. Those were the three that kind of stuck out to me. What What is an apostate? Right. And apostasy is, now I know some other people learn some stuff. Amen. Why, do you, can y'all do me a favor? Can y'all come up from the, from the bullpen back there and, uh, and, and come on over here somewhere so I can talk to y'all? Because y'all sitting back there in the bullpen, I don't know, understand. I know y'all on duty, but come on back here, ushers. Come on up here, ushers, and at least, at least, yeah, midway, at least midway so I can talk to y'all. Amen. What y'all? What else y'all learn? Tell me. Tell me. Somebody else learned something. Matthew twenty-four is not for us. Matthew twenty-four is for the time period of what? The tribulation. All right. Now let me ask. A, let me ask a question. Um, Matthew twenty-four is not for us. But it's an, it, what it does is points to what? It points to the time of tribulation, right? When um, 
during that period, the certain things will be go, will be happening at that particular time, right? Okay. What else? What else? Somebody tell tell me. What else have you learned? What else have you learned? No, Christ will reign in 1,000 years. That's what you call the millennial. Okay, so the seven-year tribulation, during that seven-year tribulation at the three-and-a-half-year mark, right? So the first three-and-a-half years, okay, on earth is going to be, if you think the killing in Houston is crazy, um, it, it's not, it, let me say this, the signs at that time will have nothing to do I mean, I'm sure there'll be killings and things like that, but it's going to be more of the climate, okay? So meteors and stuff like that, meteors and stuff like that falling out the sky. Uh, you know, you're going to see disaster at its worst, okay? So the floods that you just saw in India, have y'all been watching the news? You seen the poor people over there? Uh, have y'all seen? Have y'all seen that? Oh, Lord. My goodness, listen, uh, I mean, the floods over there are crazy, right? So if you think that's bad, I mean, over a 1,000 people died, but we're talking about millions of people dying in a split second. Now, now my job tonight and my, 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 my task tonight is, is not to go back over the chart again, um, but to do this. And I know I, I get stuck. Keep me on time, okay? Um, tonight, I want to talk about what it means to be ready now. Uh, I believe it's an important subject matter because, saints, I can talk to you about all this stuff and you can know this, but just remember, if you're not ready, uh, you can't wait till the day of to get ready. And I believe that a lot of believers are playing Russian roulette with their Christian life. All right, you know what Russian roulette is? Anybody? I didn't know that Casanova was a real guy. Did y'all know Casanova was a real guy? Huh? Did y'all know that? <laughs> yeah, he was a real guy. <laughs> uh, just like so, Russian roulette is playing uh, dangerous. All right, so you have, a, you have one bullet in the chamber, and you're spinning it, and you're taking the chance as to whether or not it's going to go off. And so what does it really mean to be ready? And so that's the, that's, the, that's the gist of what I want to talk about. Matthew 24, the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? All right? Now remember, the end of the age is when Jesus will return at that thousand-year reign, okay, whenever he hits the earth, okay, because what, what, what Matthew is this? It's Matthew 24, right? Got, we're getting it? Hope I'm explaining this. Jesus said this, here are some signs. Matthew 24, 30 through 31, he says, they will see what? The Son of Man coming where? On the what? Cloud of the sky with what? Power and great what? And, and what, what did he say he'll do? He will send forth what? His angels. All right? So in other words, what we have to ask ourselves is, what does it mean to be ready? Let's talk about that for a second. 
What does it mean to be ready? Now that I've given you, I'm getting ready to wrap this up. Now that you know what's going, you guys, that's why I asked you tonight. I wanted to see if I need to backtrack or if I need to go. Y'all are smart class, by the way. Give yourself a hand for that. Y'all are very, very smart. Amen. All right. And, uh, and tonight I'm going to give you all a memory scripture for next week, okay? All right. So, because um, I want you to start memorizing scripture. Um, here's the thing. Um, why, 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 what does it mean to be ready? Tell me what it means to be ready for this. So being ready by, by making sure that you really believe in the gospel, right? So that's one way. That's a great answer, by the way, that you know that you know that you're saved. Now, Sunday, I got something for you, so come 11 o'clock. I got, now, it ain't going to be no, no, woo-hoo message. It's going to be one of them ouch messages, okay? So I just want you to prepare yourself because I'm, I want to challenge you to be ready. Can't say you're getting. See, a lot of people say they're getting ready. Some people say, I'm going to wait to get ready. Some people say, you know what? I'm preparing to get ready. Right? Some people may say, oh, I'm already ready. Only to find out when Jesus comes back that you're not ready. Now, as long as you live in this earth, you're going to struggle with sin. I'm going to say it again. You're going to struggle with disappointment. You're going to struggle with sin. You're going to struggle with suffering. You're going to have questions that you don't have answers to. But does that give you an excuse not to be ready? No, it should not give you an excuse to not to be ready. And so here's what I'm saying tonight. I'm saying to you tonight that it's important as a believer that if you're not ready, you get ready. And you live with eternity in your heart. Okay? God has placed eternity in your heart. You know what that means? God has put in all of us the ability to yearn for heaven. The moment you got saved. And you ever, any of you ever think about heaven? Like, think about, man, what would it be like? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have that, you know, that mind, that mindset sometimes, you know, you think about, man, you know, what, what would life be like with Jesus, you know? And that's how he's put eternity in our hearts. I'm just saying for you to think about that, okay? So here's the deal. Matthew 25, now we go from Matthew 24, which Matthew, Matthew 24, I don't have time to go through the context today, but Matthew 24 talks about everything that's going to happen during that thousand-year reign of Christ, all that kind of stuff, right? Tribulation, that kind of stuff. So now I find it very interesting. Listen to me real good. I find it very interesting that in Matthew chapter 25, now Jesus goes on, or the writer Matthew goes on, and he begins to talk about now a parable. He uses two parables, three parables, okay? And in these parables, he's using these parables to help us to understand now, based on what he has said before, he's using the parables now to say to us, it's time for you to get ready. You getting it? That based on what you knew before, based on what I just revealed to you about what's to come, oh, I wish I had somebody. Do I have anybody tonight? Amen. Based on what's to come, 
then you ought to get what? Tell your neighbor it's time to get ready. Now, he uses an illustration. Amen. Now, watch the illustration now. You ready? He says, and at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like what? Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, he's using an illustration of a Jewish wedding. All right? So, we have ten virgins who goes out to meet to what? To meet who? The bridegroom. Okay? All right. And at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So what do we have? We have ten bridesmaids. All right? So that number one, we have what? Ten what? Bridesmaids. All right, let's move on. Five of them were what? And five were what? Wise. So in this room, Tonight, we have everybody's wise. Am I right? Am I 100% right? Everybody here is wise. There's no fools in this room. Now, here's what Jesus is saying. Let me read into it right quick. Let me exegete it right quick. If you're not ready, you are being compared to as a what? Fool. You may be pure, but you're a fool. You may be in church, but if you're not ready, you're a fool. Right? And he said, look what he said. He said, they're foolish. Amen? Look what he says. The foolish ones, watch this now, took their lamps, but they didn't take any what? Watch this. We got peanut butter, but no bread. We got cereal. Come on, y'all. You ever run to that dilemma? <laughs> There's always something what? Missing. And what he's what he's doing is he's using an illustration of how you can be part of this thing but live a foolish life by not being ready. Look, he says the foolish ones, now I'm going to show you how foolish people act. Watch this. Foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with, so what, see what I'm saying? They, they were ready. Listen, they understood that there are some people who they just like to borrow stuff. <laughs> you, you, oh, somebody, somebody have it when I get there. But, it, but with your Christian life, you can't play with this. With, with your, with your eternity, you cannot play with this. So, so the the wise took their oil, oil, oil jars and they. Brought oil in their jar. They had oil in the jar. Right? And, and, and you know what oil is symbolic of, right? The Holy Spirit. Okay? So, but in this parable now, he says you have ten virgins, 
Yeah, five, five that's foolish, five that's wise. And look how the wise carry themselves. Look how the foolish carry themselves. The foolish people just bring their lamp. In other words, the foolish people just good enough to say, I'm saved. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I got in, but I haven't served the Lord. Come on, somebody. I did just enough to get in. All right? I did just enough. Some of us are going to be surprised on the day of rapture whether or not we were wise or not. Are you with me? Watch the text. The bridegroom was a long time in what? It's kind of like now. We've been waiting almost 2,000 years for Jesus' return. Jesus is the bridegroom. And listen, he's been gone a long time and we're still waiting. But don't let your waiting be in vain. Don't think that just because, you know, the moment you think that, oh, just today, just one time, hang on. That's the day your whole life can change. You with me? Watch the text. The bridegroom was a long time coming and look what happened though. And they all became what? Now, you can't be ready if you sleep. To be ready means that you're alert. To ready means that you're paying attention. Listen, I look at what's happening here in our country. I look at what's happening around the world, but I'm being alert. I'm paying attention to my Christian life. I'm really looking at myself and I'm saying, okay, God, am I doing the right thing? Am I living for you? You know what I mean? Am I doing everything that you've asked me to do? Saints, can I tell you something? You can't fall asleep on your Christian life. And, and, and Jesus, you know, we've he, we seen this with Jesus, right? When he asked his disciples, this is what he said. He says, stay over here and pray while I, stay here, right, and pray while I go over there and pray. When he came back, what did he find? He found his disciples what? Sleep. And this is what he said. He said, the flesh is willing. I mean, I'm sorry, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You understand what I'm saying? And here's what I want to say about preparation, about being ready. You can't fall asleep. Don't sleep on your Christian life. Don't fall, don't get drowsy. Don't get drunk with the world. Don't get, don't fall asleep because you think that he ain't, listen, it's been a long time. Some of us, we, we may think this is fiction. That he's not coming back. But can I tell you something? Perhaps today he may come back. You, he may come back right now, this split second, in the blink of an eye. But check this out, though. Check this out. Check this out. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Imagine that. They fell asleep, but at midnight, the transition between one time zone, time frame to another, right at midnight, we find that the, the, the cry rang out. Then all the bridesmaids woke up and prepared their what? So the, the bridesmaid, when they, hear, when they heard the cry that the bridegroom was coming, what they would do, and look at the time that he's coming, right? They did not know when he was coming, but they were prepared to light their light. Lord have mercy. Don't let the world take your light. Don't, don't have the lamp, but don't have no oil. 
Come on, somebody. Don't have Jesus and you have no joy. Don't have Christ and you have no peace. Come on, somebody. Don't be part of the kingdom, but you don't serve. Come on, help me, somebody. Can I help somebody with something? Here's the thing. He's coming back, y'all, and you want to get acclimated to your life here on earth because one day you're going to have to get acclimated to where you're going. Watch the text now. Text says, then all the bridegrooms woke up and what? And they prepared what? Their lamps. Now, I go back. I went the wrong way, didn't I? All right. Now, what did the foolish people say? Wait a minute. Man, isn't the Bible awesome? Come on, y'all. Isn't the Bible awesome? Like when you really, when you really can understand it, when you have the Holy Spirit, when you're saved. Can you imagine being saved and can understand the Bible, but we only read it on Sunday? Or we just read it when we're in trouble or, you know what I'm saying, when we just read it when we feel like it. I'm just saying having the Holy Spirit and getting the revelation and the illumination from the Holy Spirit is an amazing and amazing thing. Look what the foolish one said. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If we back the story up, when the wise left, they did not know when, but they prepared for the longevity of waiting. They didn't know it was going to happen at midnight, but but isn't it amazing that there are foolish people who always want to take advantage of those who are prepared. Can I help you with something? Stop letting people who are not prepared pull you down. Now, look, listen to this. Look, look at the language. They said, give us. Wait a minute. Hold on now. <laughs> they didn't ask. Lord, have mercy. And when the rapture comes... This is what's going to happen. There's going to be people trying to get answers and they're not going to get it because, and they're going to try to pull, they're going to try to pull from those who have information. Can I help you with something? You got to be careful what Satan is really trying to do. The text says in verse nine, thank God these, these, these bridesmaids were wise. Check, check the text out. They said, no, that's kind of rude. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you, us and you, indeed go to those who sell oil, get your own. What does this really mean? What is Jesus really trying to tell us? Don't wait to get ready. Go to the store before you get home. Stay ready. I mean, I'm, sorry, I'm trying to say, like, listen, 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 listen. Can I help you? Can I help somebody with something? If you're not ready, on that day, it's too late to get ready. Watch the text. 
But while they were on their way to buy, the, they took the advice. Now, remember, the cry of the bridegroom didn't mean he had arrived. He was coming. So they lit their lamps, the five, right? Because they, they watch this, they knew what they had to do to stay what? Can I tell you something? When your light go out, it is because you didn't bring enough oil. And can I tell you something? Every opportunity you get to come into the house of God to get filled up, you should take that opportunity. Okay? And, and because the more you come and the more you get information, the more you get illumination, the more you get transformation, the better prepared. I want you to be what? Prepared. I don't want you to just have information. I don't want you to have gnosis. I want you to have epinosis. And epinosis simply means that the, the information that you're receiving is going from your head to your heart. And then it's coming out into your living. Look at this. They, they went, they went, they, look what the text they said, by while they were on their way. See, you don't want to chance it. We don't want to chance this thing, y'all. Watch this. The bridegroom arrived. The bridegrooms who were ready went in with him to the what? To the wedding banquet and the door was shut. What an amazing illustration in the context of if you miss me the first time, the second time ain't none. The door is shut because you were not what? Ready. Isn't that powerful? All right, give me your thoughts. Tell me what you're thinking. Right, and, and don't, you, I, I want to say something you said there, that here's the thing, readiness, if you have the information and you're still not ready, you can't blame anybody for that. You see, a lot of people live for this world. They're not living for eternity, saints. So, so they're, they're ready for everything else, but they're not ready for eternity. But they're not really ready for the return of Christ. All right? All right. Who else? Anybody else? Give me your thoughts. The what? The frenzy of a hurricane, okay? Right, right. Water gone, bread gone, everything. 
preparedness, right? Hurricane preparedness, right? Reminds you of the same thing. Correct, correct. So in, in this context, right, in this context, in this, for, for an application reasons, okay, what do you think as believers that we should be doing in order to be ready? Now, we know you're saved. Do you have to keep getting saved? No. What should you be doing? Have an active relationship with God. Okay. Very good. Evangelizing, sharing the gospel. There's an urgency to see your family members saved. Imagine you're gone and your kids are here. Right? That's something, right? You did all this stuff. You prepared them for football, basketball, track, baseball, volleyball, this ball and that ball, but then all of a sudden, they missed the ball. They're still here, or they dropped the ball. <laughs> all right, Caroline. They dropped the ball. Who said that? You said that? All right, Caroline, good job. <laughs> Later, the others also came, sir, sir, the foolish ones. They said, open the door for us. Listen, it's going to be just like this, y'all. I promise you, it's going to be so many of this happening, so much of this happening when Christ returns, when Christ raptures it up, raptures us up. Watch this. There's going to be many people asking to open the door. Sir, sir, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, you know what Jesus is saying? If you're living a Christian life ignoring me, you don't know me. You're talking about an active Christian life? You know, I think about that, right? Like, like God doesn't have to, like, get, get in the mood, <laughs> you know what I mean, to love me. Like, see what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have to, like, work up the energy to be like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like. You know, you know what the atheists say? The atheists say there's no God. So therefore, because there's no God, an animal, if it has more ability over a human, watch this, you can annihilate the human and pick the animal. That's what atheist says, that there's no God because there's no moral absolutes. So if there's no moral absolutes, then we make up our moral standards. You with me? So watch this. Here's what I'm saying. Jesus said, if you come knocking on that door after I'm gone, you never really knew me. So, so, so why you have a chance? Therefore, he says what? Now, whenever you see therefore, you ask the question, was it, what is it there for? So the context, which we've already read, gives us the answer. One day, this is going to come up in your heart, you know. One day, like when you're standing before God, you're going to say, Pastor Hunt, you were in Bible study on 
August 31st at 7.15 p.m. And guess what? He said this. Keep watch. Don't drop your guard. Don't fall asleep. Keep your light lit. You follow what I'm saying? And guess what's going to happen? Because here's the thing. He says, because we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know. So, But what we do know, a day and an hour is coming. All your plans may go to nothing today. Do you know those people in the hurricane? I mean, can you imagine their lives is all totally torn? Do you realize this, saints, that it could have been us? Has any of you ever had any life-altering circumstances here? Anybody? Like, I'm talking about real tragedy. Like your house is floating down the, down the river. Somewhere. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you, you just, your whole life is a mess. See how blessed you are? We really haven't been through nothing. Really. But as you said, with the hurricane, we got to be what? Ready. Because what? You do not know. I don't want to chance it. How many of you want to chance it? I don't want to chance it. I don't want to chance it. I do not want to chance it. So I want to live right. I'm going to live right. What? Lessons about readiness. Here it is. All of the what? Until what? Yeah. He might not what? Right. I can't borrow what you're doing. I got to do it myself. <laughs> and number four, a deeper problem. Because there is a deeper problem. Why aren't we getting ready? Why do you think we're not getting ready? My time's up? Okay. Why do you think we're not getting ready? We don't understand the urgency. We think we got a lot of time. That's powerful right there. What else? <laughs> the means by which you're getting ready. Maybe you're just preparing partially or maybe you're preparing according to something that you believe. And not what the word says. Wow, that's deep. Focusing on the wrong readiness. Anybody else? That's right. So now Jesus moves from the virgins to the servants. Again, it will be this time Jesus coming back, right? It will be like what? A man going away on a journey who called his what? And what did he do now? So the first illustration had to do with about your initiative, about your volition, your ability to get ready, right? But the second illustration, which I'm not going to get through, has to do with God entrusting you do you know that every believer in this church tonight, God has put a gift in you? A gift. 
He has entrusted you with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The one he gave, to one he gave what? Five bags of gold. To another two bags and another one bag and each according to his what? So God is not going to give you more than you can handle. See, so, so some of you are looking at that person saying, man, I wish I had what they had. But here's the thing, you can't handle what they have, God gave, but God gave you something too. The beautiful thing about being a Christian is God has given all of us something. All of us have been entrusted with something. Keep me on time now. All right? Then he went on a what? On a journey. Check it out. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money where? Hey! So being ready is not just about waiting for the bridegroom, but it's also about what God has deposited in you that you can take back now and use for his glory. It's amazing how many of us are sitting on the gift that God has given you, being ready. Now, let me tell you what this readiness has to do with. This readiness has to do with your purpose, with your calling, with what God saw before he saved you and knew what he would deposit in you so that he can get a return back on his investment. Lord have mercy. Some of us say, I don't have enough. Oh, you got plenty. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag, upset, looking at everybody else, thinking about, oh, look what he got. I ain't got what he got. Okay, dug a hole in the ground. This is what we do with our faith. We got enough to put in the hole. We're just good with having I just got some faith. And it's not growing. It's not developing. It's not doing anything. You've taken your faith. Listen, and Christ is coming back one day to ask you, what did you do with it? After a long time, after a long time, Jesus is using this illustration to show you that, yes, it's going to be a long time. You may, you may, you may die and not see the rapture, but you're still going to be held accountable for what he entrusted to you. Look what he says. He said, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled and settled accounts with them. The man who had five, received five bags of gold brought another five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. This is when we stand before the bema seat of Christ. And he says to us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do? Did you sit around and gave me excuses and tell me what you couldn't do and this and that and the third? The next one, the master replied, well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Look what he says next. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Isn't that awesome? The man had two bags also came and master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. What is the, what's the point here? point here is multiplication. The point is that you're using what God has entrusted you with to do something with it for his glory. Are you with me? Because you know that he's coming back. His master replied, well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful 
what? With a few things. I will put you. Now, where, where Jesus is pointing to is the new heavens and the new earth. That the one who's been entrusted with five, the one who's been trusted with two, guess what? When you take what, this is what it means to be ready. Work what he's given you. Use what he's given you. Stop saying what you can't do. It's not okay to stay a pew member. It's not. It's not okay to be entertained. When there's a need in the kingdom, and I keep crying out for help. We need help with this. We need help with this. We need help with this. And nobody's answering the call, but every one of us have been given something to work with. All right? Then one who received one bag of gold came, and what did he do? Master, hey, he said, I knew you were a harsh man, (laughs) harvesting where you have. See, first of all, he had an attitude with the master. He had the wrong, okay, He had the wrong view of the master. That's what his problem is. See what I'm saying? He he was hating on the pastor. You understand what I'm saying? He he had the wrong view of the master. Look what he says. He said, harvesting where you do not sow and gathering where you do not gather the seed. He says, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. What do you call that? What do you call what he did? Hoarding? That's what you say? Hoarding? No faith? Laziness? What else? Insecurity? Stingy? This fellow right here, first of all, he received the gold. But rather than do something with it, this is what I'm talking about when I say readiness. What are you doing with your faith life? Just ask him. No pressure. It's not a pressure question. Some of you don't know you got five, but you've taken it and you hit it because you're looking at you and you're not looking at what God gave you. You with me? See, here's what belongs to. He thought that if I took what God gave me and I gave him back what he gave me, that will be good enough. God said, that's not good enough. In other words, can you imagine that God is interested in your growth? And God says, you've lived your whole Christian life, and when judgment day comes, and when time comes for rewards for you to receive, you can't receive nothing because you're just giving me back what I gave you. God said, that's not good enough. It is not good enough for me to give you something and you give me the same thing back. In other words, he's saying, I want some multiplication to happen in your life. Lord, have mercy. I'm done. His master said, you and lazy slave. So you knew that I harvest where I did not sow, gather where I did not scatter seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with what? He said, at least you could have put it in the bank. You dug a hole. And I ain't got no return on it. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For those who have will be what? This is why it's important for you to be ready. 
If Listen, if you want more bags here on earth, you keep living for bags on earth. Young people know I'm talking about the bag. But if you want bags in heaven, there's a place. Whatever you do here on earth, you will get an abundance in heaven. Because what? Because you were ready. He says, and for those who do not have, even what they have will be what? Taken from them. See? So I'm saying, what I'm saying is stop doing just enough. Because what you have, you're going to be mad. He's going to take what you have and he's going to give it to the one who is doing something with it. And then you're going to really get attitude. But you ain't going to get no attitude because here's what's going to happen. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there was what? So you know what it really means? He wasn't really saved. See, an unsaved person won't do anything with what Jesus gave him. I wish I had somebody. But a person who's saved will take what God has given him and do something with it. Give God a hand clap of praise, y'all.